the hip hop, the hip, the hip, the hip, the hip, the hip hop, and you don't stop the rockin' to the bang bang boogie. Say up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie to beat. Now what you hear is not a test. I'm rapping to the beat, and me, the groove, and my friends are gonna try to move your feet. You see, I am Wonder Mike, and I like to say hello I'm to the black, to the white, the red, and the brown, the purple and yellow. But first, I gotta. To the boogie, say up, jump the boogie to the bang, bang, boogie, let's rock. You don't stop, rock the rhythm that'll make your body rock. Well, so far you've heard my voice. Wake up, wake up, 502. We are back, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, the Big X Sports Radio, WXVW. This is your boy Rashawn Myers, and this is Wake Up 502 with Rashawn Myers. Man, after two weeks off, people, we are back in the building Happy birthday, hip-hop, 50th anniversary of hip-hop. So, of course, we had to get it going with the little rapper's delight. You know what I'm saying? We got to pay tribute to the ones who set the stage and set the foundation for hip-hop. So, uh, a little Sugar Hill gang to get y'all going this morning. Of course, we have so much to get into after being gone for a couple of weeks. Um, you know, the, the, the Spence Crawford fight and how that all went down, of course, uh, is something that I, I'm going to chat with Haven Harrington about. Uh, I, I do want to get his opinion on that. But, of course, Louisville football stands first and foremost. We are three weeks. We are less than three weeks. We are two weeks and six days from the kickoff of college football for the University of Louisville. Jeff Brom and his Brombadiers are going to be heading down to Atlanta to the ATL to take on Georgia Tech. And I can feel the excitement in the city. I can feel the excitement in Cardination. I can feel the excitement in the players, the coaching staff, and everything that ha- everybody who has anything to do with Cardinal football. Um, you know, of course, we went out to um, the uh, the uh, kickoff uh, classic, the, the, the media uh, kickoff of the year uh, got to go out there to the golf scramble see all the guys and I always tell the fellas I was like um, you know when I see Kenny Klein and all the rest of the um, you know the, the Louisville uh, luminaries uh, the, in the media world I tell them I was like this is always the kickoff for me we go up there to the L Country Club um, go there to that beautiful beautiful golf course um, get to you know the, the, they play golf I don't I don't do the golf much I, I, t- I told Kenny I'm gonna you know get some practice swings I'm gonna come out there with them but right you know as of now I don't I don't attend the scramble and actually play I just kind of go out there hang out at the country club um, and then join them for a little lunch and uh, laughter um, so, you know, I, I told him, I said, every time I come out there, um, you know, to, to, to the Press Box Classic, that is the kickoff for me. Like, like once I step out there and leave that establishment, it is officially football season. So, uh, you know, we got that, got to do that, got to see everybody, got to chat and talk about the team a little bit. Um, and you can just feel the excitement. Uh, Jeff Brom has definitely kicked things up several, several notches. Um, and, and now that, as of yesterday, the last and final open practice to the public is in the books, um, you know, the, the fans were able to go out out there and get a very very um, close look at this year's edition of the University of Louisville Cardinals uh, football team uh, which is a, a big divergence and a big change from what well, we've been used to over the last several years uh, between uh, you know Scott Satterfield and and 
Yeah, probably the end of the Petrino regime, there was not as much open practice and open football as what Jeff Brom. I mean, Brom gave Louisville fans an extended, long look at the team. And people were, you know, a lot of these, um, the the practice reports and things coming out, super in-depth, talk, talking about a bunch of players and talking about a lot of guys. Um, so we're going to get into that. Uh, we have the uh, listing of the, the weight changes uh, you know, that that is a huge conversation as well. Guys who put on weight, guys who took off weight. I think that's a very interesting conversation. So I'm going to get into that uh, with Haven Harrington as well. Um, once he gets in here, of course, y'all know this is this is Haven's time. This is when he likes to uh, shine is when he's able to go out there uh, and start talking about uh, all things that are. Uh, Cardinal football, you know, he he has no problems letting you know every single time, uh, you know, that <laughs> look, that football is the chief and, you know, American sports and blah, 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 blah. We, we know we hear it all the time. Uh, so, yes, uh, we, we are aware, Haven, of how important football is. So uh, Haven Harrington is shining. He just he's barely been able to walk. He just pretty much floats everywhere. Um, you know, because the, the, the man just loves his football. So he's super excited about that. Um, so we're going to get into that as well as, you know, even the chatting about Malik Cunningham uh, making a, a big time debut uh, with uh, the, the uh, New England Patriots. I had a nice showing there uh, and kind of the interesting reaction from fans and and people about uh, Malik and how that, you know, how that whole thing looks. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, there's just so much um, to, to get, going, you know, to, to get into and so many things since the last time I've heard you. Of course, uh, if you want to get involved in the show, the best way is through the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Um, that is the Thornton's text line. Of course, make sure you go visit any of the 562,834 um Thornton's locations in this uh, uh, Kentuckyana area. That's Kentucky. That's Indiana. There's always the Thornton's every other corner. Uh, you all know them well for the best in grub, gas, goodies, uh, you know, whatever you need, uh, even, you know, whatever you need for your vehicle, whatever you need for your stomach, uh, whatever you need, uh, Thornton's is going to take care of you. So definitely make sure you go check out Thornton's. Um, but that's the best way to get involved, 502-414-1450. If you do want to give us a call, uh, we definitely encourage that as well. Unlike Mike Rutherford and Trevor Kelsey during the week, uh, who that they do not take phone calls, I encourage phone calls, 502-384-1450. That is the wake up 502 buzz line. I would love to hear from you. Uh, but, you know, uh, let's go ahead and start to get into it. So uh, one of the interesting things that um, I have noticed um, here recently uh, has been the, the the divergence. Let's just say the divergence. Of course, um, the, the Louisville had their, their media day a couple of weeks ago. Jeff Brown went up there uh, with Brian Hudson. Uh, you know, and a couple, a couple of the other guys, um, and, and you know, they the, all the coaches go out there, they vote for their, uh, you know, preseason player of the year, uh, you know, the the conference, uh, all conference teams, things of that nature. They also vote on the order of finish, okay, and where they think these teams will finish within the conference. And the most interesting thing uh, that I noticed is where the University of Louisville ended up, and of course. 
we know that um, you know U of L has been uh, what we talked about. Louisville football, by some publications, um, uh, has said that they are expected to be favorites in every game they play this year. So you know, on one hand, we've heard a lot of um, a lot of uh, not push, but just a lot of uh, good good things about Louisville football, but. When the coaches uh, put their, their coaches poll out there, University of Louisville was picked to finish eighth. Okay, they were picked to finish eighth place uh, in the conference. Uh, and, and I thought that was kind of interesting. I was like, wow, that just seems a little low. It, it seems like that, that was a bit much. But I, I thought that was kind of interesting um, that, that they did finish that low um, in, in the rankings. But then, of course, uh, earlier this week, I believe it was uh, – this past Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, Brett McMurphy, who, of course, is one of the best in the business uh, at, at college football, put out his preseason AP ballot. Um, and he had University of Louisville number 16 overall. Like, not 16 in the ACC. Okay, even though there's not 16 teams there. Yes, I know. Uh, not 16th in the ACC, but 16th in the nation, in the country. So, you know, Brett McMurphy comes out and puts Louisville just behind his top 15, which, of course, are Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, Washington, Penn State, Oregon, Clemson, Texas Tech, Notre Dame, Oregon State, USC, Tennessee, and then our University of Louisville Cardinals. So only 15 teams better in the whole country uh, than, than what they're looking like. And it looks like one, two second uh, behind Clemson and Notre Dame, even though we know Notre Dame's not really in the ACC, um, has Louisville basically second place in the conference if you're not counting Notre Dame. And we know Notre Dame's not a football member, but they do play five teams a year. And, of course, Louisville does play Notre Dame this year. But Louisville, he, you know, feasibly has Louisville second place in the ACC. So it's just very interesting just the difference in where people believe Louisville are. I don't know if, you know, the because, I mean, let's be honest, Louisville did not have a horrible season in, in the ACC last year. It's not like uh, Jeff Brom is coming in and taking over a team that was 2-10 uh, like, you know, Satterfield was when he was taking over for Petrino. <laughs> 2.0. It's not like Louisville had a horrible season. They had seven uh, regular season wins. Uh, they, of course, won their bowl game, knocking off Cincinnati. So, I mean, they had a pretty good year last year. So, it's not like Brahm is taking over an empty cupboard or a team that's been struggling. So, I was very shocked to see how low Louisville was and, and the teams that they were behind in the conference. So, to see Brett McMurphy kind of come back and put this uh, put Louisville there at number 16 in the country in the top 20. I definitely did not expect that. At best, I thought that Louisville would get some votes in the back end of the top 25, somewhere between maybe 21 and 25. Um, but I did not expect to see uh, Jeff Brom in his first edition of the Cardinals to be rated that high, ranked that high by anybody. So now I have no idea where Louisville's going to be. Um, I believe the AP poll comes out and debuts either Monday or Tuesday of next week. Um, so I know it's going to be upcoming here soon. Um, so I'll be very interested to see where the Cardinals fit or land in the first AP Top 25, if at all. Because, you know, the coaches, both in the ACC itself as well as in the uh, coaches' poll, the University of Louisville did not get one single vote for the Top 25. 
and they didn't get a, a single vote from the top 25, not even from their own coach, because Jeff Brom does vote, uh, you know, in the coaches' poll. And even the University of Louisville didn't vote themselves into the top 25 on the coaches' side. So what, what I think we may see, which is very interesting, is uh, a big divergence between maybe what media think of Louisville and what coaches are willing to think about Louisville right now. And, and I just I, that's a very, very weird place to be. Um, you know, I, I just I don't really know how to take any of that. So, I mean, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, we, we, we will see. I, I mean, I, I am I am I am flabbergasted by it. I, I don't know what to, to say about it. I think that when media people are looking at Louisville, I definitely think that the schedule has a lot to do with it. Um, whereas I, I think that, you know, people like McMurphy are saying, look, you know, Louisville may not be. Um, you know the, the 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 super greatest team in the league, but you know they they have they they have a very favorable schedule. So I think they're going to have a really good record. And I mean I think that's fair. When you you know you, you don't have to play North Carolina, you don't have to play Florida State, you don't have to play Clemson. Um, I, I think that's huge. You know, and, and I believe that that has a lot to do. Uh, with where Louisville is, but you know, I, I just I don't know. I, I don't know how to take it. Hey, Harrington, I know you're you're joining us now. How are you doing this morning? I am doing well for a guy who's only had about what two and a half hours worth of sleep. <laughs> yes, you're in here uh, like like Zombie Nation. You're in here. I don't, I don't know how, how well you're doing, uh, but you know you're hanging on there, Haven. I appreciate you joining us. It's been a couple of weeks since we've been in here uh, and definitely in studio together. It's been a little while, man. So it's good to see your face, man. Man, it's good to be back in about the hater raid that is the ACC media. Yeah, what's up with that, man? It's the only thing I could think of literally is pure unadulterated hate. And and that's it. It's just like, so, okay, I, I can get making FSU either one or number two. I don't know, after their year last year, what they bring back, I can see you putting FSU either number one or number two. Of course, I can see Clemson either being number one or number two because they're, they're Clemson. Um, North Carolina probably has one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Yeah, yeah. McMurphy has UNC ranked 18th in the country overall, right yeah. behind. Louisville. So, so I can see you making UNC three, right? Yeah. A lot of people really, really excited and really, really hyped up about NC State uh, because they get Armstrong, a quarterback who was at Virginia, now he's at NC State. NC State returns a lot of guys from last year. They had a, a pretty decent year last year. So there's NC State, right? Then you have a, a Miami only because, you know what, it's Miami. Only because of the name on the chest. And that's it. Yes. Only because the name on the chest, well, I put Miami next. Uh, they have, Of course, they, they always clean up in recruiting. They do great recruiting-wise. But let's be honest, Miami has always fallen apart, like every year. Yeah. Like every year Miami has fallen apart for the past decade. At least, you know, they, they always finish, they always start strong, they look good, and then they just fade about six, seven, get about, well, about five, six games in, they fade. Yeah. And, and that's what Miami does. So then, you look at the other teams on there, I just don't see how you can, but Wake Forest loses a lot. You know, they lose a starting quarterback and a whole bunch of other people. Um, 
So I can't see putting Wake above Louisville, especially since Louisville beat Wake last year. It, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was just. Know, I, I'm not seeing like like for, I mean like Virginia Tech. No, they're bums. Virginia, same thing. Duke. I, I mean, I know people are high on Duke, but it's still Duke football. So no, I mean, how could you? I mean, I, I, Boston College is trash. I mean, I just don't see like like where are these other teams that you're putting ab- above Louisville? It's almost like. It's almost like the, the ACC media folks were like, eh, yeah, they got Brom. Brom's a pretty good coach at Purdue. But Louisville loses Malik, and Malik was their offense. So, uh, yeah, you know, we'll just – no, we'll, we'll pick them here. That's what it feels like. <laughs> it, it almost feels like they don't know what to do, so – No, I, they knew exactly what they were doing. I feel like the ACC coaches was hating on Brom. I feel like they were hating on Brom. I feel like Brom, you know, Louisville's always been a bit of a stepchild when it comes to the ACC anyway. Um, But, you know, I I think that it seemed like a very targeted attack to, you know, kind of hate on Brom coming in from the Big Ten. I don't think necessarily the coaches want to just say that you're going to have a new kid on the block come in there and crack that top three or top four. I mean, they put them behind NC State. They put them behind Pittsburgh. They put them behind so many teams. You know, which is interesting because when Louisville joined the ACC, the expectation – was Louisville would be in the top third of the league every year. Absolutely. I mean, that's why you picked UConn. I mean, that's why I picked Louisville over UConn, right? I mean, like UConn I said, there are people coming out and saying that Louisville's going to be favored yeah. in every game, and the coaches know that. Yeah, you know, it's, and this is like UConn had the bigger TV market because you get a piece of, of that New York market, but UConn football is trash. Yeah. And you picked Louisville literally because of the football team. Literally because that was the best football team left of the teams that you thought you can get and grab during the first stage of conference alignment, which was interesting because a lot of people at that time was throwing out, hey, ACC, you should go after Texas and Oklahoma because I think they may want to leave. Yeah. And that's a different discussion for a different day or maybe later today. But anyway, um, so, yeah, you know what? They're just hating on Louisville, and that's fine. Hate. Hate all you want. Hate all you want. But in the meantime, Louisville's brought in the number one transfer portal class. Yes. In the country. A top 25 recruiting class. And, and, and Brahms is getting it done. And you saw what Brahms could do, what he did at Western. He was a winner. He was a winner at Purdue. And now he's coming back home. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, with, I do. I think I think a loaded the... roster. So it's just going to be interesting to see, especially since, you know, Pitt lost – the everything quarterback that literally won them games. Well, and and I think that the the coaches are looking at. I, I believe that when the coaches are doing their preseason poll, I think they're trying to rank the team by how good. A, they are hating a little bit, but they're also I think they're trying to rank Louisville by how good they think they are, not really looking at their schedule and looking at how favorable the schedule is. And, and, and I think that that's the way that the media are looking at it. That's why you have Brett McMurphy placing Louisville 16th in the country in his preseason AP ballot, even though Louisville did not get a single vote uh, from any coach in the coaches poll. Like not a, Louisville not only did not crack the top 25 in the, uh, in the coaches poll, the initial coaches poll, they didn't get a vote by anybody. That's including Jeff Brom. Jeff Brom didn't vote Louisville into the top 25 in his own coaches poll. Um, so, you know, I, I think that coaches are looking at Louisville and they're, they're, they are really trying to take a, okay, they're going to have to show us something. But I think that the media and guys like Brett McMurphy are looking like, man, Louisville's got a very, very 
favorable and manageable schedule. All their most difficult games are at home. They they don't have to play any of what we consider to be the top three teams in the conference. They uh, they're going to have a good chance to put up a lot of wins, eight, nine, even possibly ten wins. And I think that's why McMurphy has Louisville sixteenth. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he does not think that Louisville is the sixteenth most talented team or the 16th best team. But I think that a reason that he he rates them that high is because he feels they're going to have a bunch of wins. Of course. I yeah, mean, you know? the schedule, yeah. It, it's, the schedule is very favorable to Louisville winning a lot of games. Yes. And then if you look at just how the ACC ended last year, right, Clemson was just – wasn't the Clemson of old. Yes. The Clemson that challenges Alabama and Georgia every year. Yeah. That wasn't a Clemson last year. Florida State was better. And you could tell they were they were trending in the right direction, but they weren't the Florida State of old, you know, the team that you feared to play every Saturday, right? Miami is Miami. You know, they just Miami. They they started really good, top twenty five team, and then just faded in, in, into obscurity. North Carolina had one of the best offenses, probably the best quarterback in the country. The best young quarterback, at least in the country last year, but couldn't play defense to save their life. The guys gave up almost like, what, 40 points to FAMU? I mean, they, they couldn't stop anybody at, at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Uh, they looked at uh, Virginia, Virginia, Boston College. They, they're straight trash. Now they beat us, but Boston College wasn't any good last year. Yeah, um, I mean, but but and, and the thing is, you talk like, about those top teams, but and Louisville doesn't have to play Florida State. Louisville doesn't have to play Clemson. Louisville doesn't have to play North Carolina. So they they get to skip, you know, all of those difficult games. I mean, we've talked about it. their most difficult game is on the road at NC State, and it's arguable on how good NC State's going to be. I mean, Leary's gone; he's not there. Yes, I understand that they brought over um, the kid from Virginia, but still, NC State's going to be breaking in a new quarterback. We don't know how good Armstrong is going to be. Uh, in, in that offense, uh, you know, I mean, there's a, there's been a lot of turnover with all these teams. You go, your, your two toughest road games are arguably at NC State and at Pitt. You know, and, and if that's the the your quote unquote difficult road games in the conference, and you take lost that. starting quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so I mean that that's what that's what I'm talking about. I mean, their schedule sets up. Then you talk about. I mean, people are talking about how how much better they think Duke is going to be after it's a very surprising uh, year last year. Now, granted, Duke had maybe the easiest conference schedule of everybody last year, but they took advantage and they won the games that they won. But you know, Duke is going to have a much more difficult road to hoe, and Louisville gets Duke at home because I've heard you know pretty much everybody. Um, count Duke that Louisville-Duke game, even though Louisville's playing at home as a Duke win. I'm not ready to say that Duke football is going to beat Louisville at home yet. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I, I know that they think that Duke's going to be better because I believe they won, what, eight games last year in conference? I believe so. Um, I believe they won eight games last year. But like I said, they had the easiest schedule in the ACC. And that schedule is flipped this year. They have a much more difficult um, schedule this year in, in, in uh, 2023. So, you know, I, I think that Duke could possibly, because they did bring back a lot of guys, that they could possibly be better than they were last year in terms of, you know, how good the players are and how well they play. But I think it may not reflect in their record because of how much more difficult 
their schedule is. And, you know, to me, taking on Louisville at home, I'm going to take the Cardinals uh, against Duke. I'm sorry. Like, I, Haven, I, I, I just can't do it. I, I like, has Duke football beaten Louisville since they've joined the ACC? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. Well, you know, it's, you know, it's almost like, like since joining the ACC, I think Virginia has given Louisville troubles. Yes. Louisville still has not beaten Clemson. Yes. The NC State, uh, especially on the road, has been a tough one for Louisville. NC State on the road has been tough on Louisville. Wake has been like a split. Yes. Um, but we play very well against uh, Florida State. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, very, very well against Florida State. I mean, Louisville, Louisville and NC State have always played good games. I think Louisville's gotten NC State once on the road, uh, but other than that, I believe NC State's won the last two, um, two times that they've gone down there to Raleigh to play them. Um, you know, so I mean, but Louisville—the only team that Louisville has just not been able to get up for has been Clemson. Outside of that, Louisville has pre- played pretty well against everybody else in the conference. I mean, Pittsburgh—they've been kind of back and forth. Um, you know, I mean, so. I think that the way that things set up, especially with what Louisville has coming back, as you talked about, the number one transfer class uh, coming in, uh, the, you know, the, the spots and places where they made additions. I mean, to be able to add a couple of tackles, it was said that on uh, Friday that the number one and the starting offensive line, uh, it looked like that both uh, um, Eric Miller, uh, the mountain of a man, right tackle that came over from Purdue, as well as Willie Tyler, the other mountain of a man that came over from Rutgers, that both of those guys, Eric Miller being 6'7", 305 pounds, and Willie Tyler, um, who is 6'8", and I don't know, 330s, 3'4", something ridiculous. I'm looking at I'm looking him up uh, as we speak on uh, Willie Tyler currently shows at 6'6", 320 pounds. Uh, those two guys had been uh, looked like they had kind of solidified their spot as starters on the offensive line. So when you have six six and six seven at your tackles, and you can add those guys in, and then bring you know bring back uh, what was considered to be the number one and the top center in the ACC uh, in uh, Brian H- and Hudson as well. So now you have bookend tackles that you bring in, uh, you know, from other Power Five schools. You have the uh, All ACC. Um, center in Brian Hudson, a guy who people consider to be maybe one of the best centers in the country. You still have Renato Brown. You still have uh, Gonzalez there at, at your guards. I mean, Haven, this offensive line with what Louisville has there, and then you you know you, you bring over Jack Plummer, um, a very accomplished quarterback that had a very good year for a bad Cal team who already knows the system, already knows Brown, and then all the weapons that we've talked about. I mean. This Louisville team is going to be good. They are. I mean, like, let's not, uh, you know, shy away from that. I think that it's okay. I mean, we've talked about it. We said even when Satterfield was still the coach that we thought at minimum Louisville was going to be an eight-win team this year, even when Satterfield was here. We knew that he was going to get to eight wins. You know, that was why it was the question of, is it, you know, is Louisville going to be able to move on from Satterfield? And thankfully, uh, Cincinnati got it done. But we knew this year was going to be good. So, I mean, at minimum, this, the expectation was um, eight wins without adding what they were able to add in the transfer portal. Without adding all of this talent, you know, one of the big question marks in the spring was how the, the depth of the offensive line and the fact that, that Jeff Brown was able to go into the transfer portal and address 
all of the issues as much as he was able to do. I mean, you bring in, you know, a Tyro, uh, uh, excuse me, Trevante Sylvester, another 6'6", 280-pound uh, lineman out of uh, Houston. Uh, you know, you were able to bring in all of these guys. Of course, uh, Joe Crocker is a freshman who has, people have been raving about how good this kid's been, 6'7", 310 pounds. Uh, you know, he's a lot bigger and a lot more athletic and a lot more ready to play. Luke Burgess, who we knew was very good, he's been able to make some waves. I mean, so Louisville addressed, you know, there's a lot of guys that really didn't necessarily get to play in the spring and be a part of that offensive line because we knew that the offensive line depth as well as linebacker depth were two spots where there were going to be a lot of question marks. And it looks like and sounds like and from what Jeff Brown was able to do in the transfer portal really, really shored up and addressed those issues. And with what Louisville already had coming back, you gotta be you got to be excited. I mean, you have to be more than excited. I mean, Louisville is in the offseason. Louisville went and addressed everything that we thought may have been uh, a deficit, right? We was kind of worried about the defense, especially the defensive line, especially in the linebacking core. You know, especially after you lose so many guys, right? So many guys with our defense. I also actually wound up being a pretty good defense last year. You know, you lose a lot of guys, but yet and still, this offseason, you know, Louisville does what they do. I mean, Jeff Brom came in, he plugged those holes. He won the transfer portal. He got those guys, and, and he made it happen. So, uh, yeah, I mean, no. It, 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 I mean, but you know what? I can still see where ACC guys still may have been like, you know what? He has all these new transfers. He's going to give him all the mesh on the team. Uh, the continuity may not be there. He has a new quarterback, a new system, even though the quarterback knows the system already. But I'm not going to pay attention at the moment. All <laughs> these new wide receivers, all these new guys coming in, new coaching staff. It's going to take a while for it to mesh. So, yeah, we can see them just dropping some games in eighth. Yeah, eighth. That's a, that's a, that's a that's a that's a rough one. But I tell you what, Haven, another another uh, uh, the the triumvirate is back together. We have the man, the myth, the legend on the line. At that boy is good, Mister Joe Kelly. Joe, how you doing this morning? Yeah, man, ready for football, man. I mean. Could you be more excited? Like, Joe, I'm telling you, like, I can feel. Can, let me ask you, because you're over there at the Granville. So you are, you know, in the heart of, you know, UofL students and, and just people that, that are associated and affiliated with the University of Louisville. Can you feel it tangibly in the Granville? I, I know y'all are fans of wrestling, so I'll use this term. The, the vibe and the feeling is electric near campus. Folks, folks that are that are my age and older, they agree with me that this is the most excited they've been since Schnelly. People younger than me say, younger than us, they say, Joe, what are we what are we looking for? What can we expect? This just feels different. And guys, these are kids who 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 came here, went to school here during or after Lamar, and they're asking what's next. Yeah, it's. It's palpable. People are excited. Between that and and the basketball tournament, even though our guys came up short in the championship round, it is so nice being back at the Granville and seeing folks that wearing red excited about U of L sports. Yes, yes, yes. No, no. I mean Jeff Brom, the 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 um, 
injection of energy and life and excitement, man, that, that he's put into this city and into this fan base. Um, it, it's crazy. Like I, I, it has, you could definitely feel the ramp up, um, as, uh, fall camp got going. And now that people have gotten to, and this is one thing I love because, you know, everybody knows Scott Satterfield, he was going to give you like two open practices in the fall. If that, you know, he's going to give you two open practices. They're going to be running around in shorts and t-shirts and you're not going to really get to see anything. But with Jeff Brom, he went back to the old school. He went back to Bobby Petrino 1.0. And that was try to open up as many practices as possible. Open up almost pretty much all of the spring practices. You can come out and watch the team all spring, and you can come in and get a really, really good look. I believe he had six, six or seven open practices for this fall camp. Um, you know, Louisville hasn't had a team come into fall camp and have six or seven open practices in a long time. You know, but fans being able to come out there, connect with the team, see these guys, see the new names, see guys like Jamari Thrash, see Jack Plummer, uh, you know, see all of the new guys, and then just really get a look at the team. I feel like it's ratcheted up the excitement 12-fold, man. Like, like I, I, I even find myself, Joe, starting to get a little, you know, the, the fan, you know, I try to keep things balanced, man, but my fanhood's starting to come out. Yeah, it's impossible not to because the, what what Jeff has done for this program and this fan base is he's injected an energy and a passion that now he's got to he's got to follow through. Yes, he's got to you know he has to come out and don't don't fumble the bag, man. You had the most favorable schedule in school history. You you were favored by Vegas in all twelve in all of your games. Uh, don't screw this up, my guy. But. He's doing everything I think a fan base coming off of, of well, I don't even know how to word Satterfield because <laughs> it's been worse and it could have been. Yeah, worse. I mean that's what, yeah. It wasn't a horrible well, year last year. It was it was not terrible. It just wasn't the it wasn't the the, the girl you brought to the to the party that you want to marry. Yes, I, you know what I mean. Like we can party, we can have a good time tonight, but no, nah, this, this long term probably isn't. It's not the most. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, it's funny to listen to Louisville fans because, you know, when they talk about Satterfield and, you know, being able to get away from him, on one end it sounds like, oh, my God, how terrible was that? But then at the same time it's like, well, Louisville wasn't terrible last year. <laughs> it's not, And it also makes it, it, it makes us sound a little spoiled <laughs> if, you, if you don't experience it from the inside because everything about him, everything about Scott Satterfield was fool's gold. You know, yep. it, it was everything that somebody would point to and say, this is good, though, Joe. And I'd go, yeah, but is it really? I see smoke and mirrors. He, he did just enough. He's that guy that you work with that you're just like, man, this dude really isn't worth a single damn, but he does just enough when the right people are watching that he's got job security. Yeah. He's cornflakes. <laughs> he's cornflakes. <laughs> yes. Wow! You put it, Mark Ennis. Call him a sensible salad. The sensible salad. The sensible salad. Yes. You Sometimes know. you want a steak, but you need to have a salad. Yeah. When Mark <laughs> said that, I, I was sitting next to him on air and, and just shook my head and said, "This really what we're trying to do now? The Come sen- on, man. We can't." 
Yeah, so everybody needs to eat their sensible salad. Yes, yes. Well, fellas, I tell you what, man, we're going to go ahead. We're going to hit this first break. Uh, of course, when we come back, we got to start talking about some of these extreme makeovers. You know, the, the football team put out their um, updated uh, roster. And, uh, of course, uh, Mark Blankenbaker and the crew over at the Crunch Zone does a wonderful job of kind of highlighting the changes in guys' size, weight, to, you know, guys who've uh, – grown an inch so even sometimes guys who lose an inch so uh, i want to kind of get into that and uh, ask you all what <clears throat> some of those things mean so i tell you what we're going to go ahead hit this break when we come back we have much much more this is rashawn myers haven hanson joe kelly and this is wake up 502 Well, it's on and on and on and on and on. The beat don't stop until the break of dawn. I said a M A S a T E R a G with a double E. I said I go by the unforgettable. Party people, party people, can you get funky? Suicide force, can you get funky? The Zulu Nation, can you get funky? Yeah, just hit me. Just get the funk and hit me. Just get on down and hit me. That mind just getting so fucking hot, hit me. Yeah, just hit me. It's time to chase your dreams. How about the seats? Make your body sway. Socialize. Down. Let your soul lead the way. Shake it now. Go, Go ladies. It's a living dream. Love like this. Go play the game. Our world is free. Do it Welcome back in, welcome back in. Once again, we are celebrating the 50th anniversary and the 50th birthday of hip-hop. Coming back with a little bit of African Bambada, Soul Sonic Force, Planet Rock. Haven brings back memories, don't it? Oh, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> like my breakdancing days, my pop <laughs> You know, it's funny when I hear this song now. There was a NBA 2K that had this as the intro. Now, I remember there was like a giant flaming basketball flying through the city as they're playing pa- Planet Rock. So now every time I hear Planet Rock, I think of NBA 2K. It's so funny. <laughs> like literally. So, yes, I used to think of breakdancing. Now I can think of all I can think of is NBA 2K. Say it. <laughs> I remember hearing that song for the first time and just not knowing what hip hop rap was and just thinking, man, this stuff is so cool, and it's from a whole other planet. <laughs> like, legit, this is, like, man, this is intergalactic. Yes, 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 absolutely, man. I'm telling you, like, that that right there, that beat, it, it, there's no way you can hear that and not move something. You got to move your head. You got to tap your toe. You got to do something. Like, I don't care who you are. If, if you can't move when you hear that, then you just, uh, you ain't got no soul, man. <laughs> Period. You see the Dave Chappelle dude from the skit where he's doing the like real broke ass robot <laughs> 360. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I love Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Welcome back into Wake Up 502. We are talking all things football. It's making Haven Harrington's little football heart so happy that we are we are focused in and locked in to football. You know the uh, the TBT is done. The Ville, unfortunately, went home, so we ain't got to talk basketball no more. So it's all football. I mean, we can't talk basketball. I mean, basketball <laughs> season is literally like right around the corner. It is. It is. It's coming. 
It's coming, but you know, right now, Haven, you know, I, it, it it is that time. It is time for football. We have to give uh, the footballers due. I'm super excited. Got to see preseason. Malik Cunningham getting off. Balling. How yeah. About How about that? Getting in there and doing some things uh, for the Patriots, and I. I'm not surprised that he that he did well. Like for as much flack as Malik got here, I think that a lot of people never necessarily gave credit for exactly how good he was. You know, like that they wanted him to be Lamar, but Lamar is arguably maybe the greatest we- offensive weapon in the history of college football. Like it, it can be argued, he's at least top ten. All time. So, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, so the fact that Malik Cunningham was a, 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 an amazing talent and, and, you know, the fact that I think he kind of got saddled with everybody's malaise over Satterfield. So it kind of, um, you know, it kind of gave Malik a lot of extra flack that I don't know if he necessarily deserved because the man had to do everything. Uh, you know, that's why I always say when I talk about Malik Cunningham and L. Ellis last year, I really don't get on them because literally they were asked to do everything. It's like, let, okay, we want you to go into every game knowing that everybody knows that everything is about you and every defense is going to put pretty much everything into stopping you because we know that, that you, you guys are the only ones who can get anything done. You know? I mean, and to me, the fact that Malik was going, uh, you know, is out there. He was he played wide receiver in the first half for for the Patriots and, and ran routes, and then comes in in the second half. He was the, he scored the only touchdown, Joe, of the uh, preseason game for the Patriots in that second half. Um, I think he's got a shot to make the team. What do you think? Oh, I think he's going to make the team. Uh, when they picked him up as an undrafted free agent, I hate to buy into the the hype and everything, but I thought, dude, that's just. He's the kind of guy that Belichick finds. And he's made a career of finding these wide receivers that played other positions in college and just kind of moves them around. And, and he does exactly what, you, what, what a lot of people try to do when they have a, a, an athlete who played quarterback. You know, he, he pulls it off, and he seems to get it a lot better than other guys. There's Edelman, Wes Welker. I mean, the list goes on with, with New England finding these guys. Uh, I think for, for Malik, unfortunately, you made a great point that people wanted him to be Lamar. The old adage is you never want to be the guy after the guy. You want to be the guy after the guy after the guy. Yeah. The, the other thing that, that compounded with it was the utter frustration and boredom with Satterfield's offense and Satterfield in general. Yeah. And then you factor in the COVID year, the redshirt injury. Yeah, and the fact that Satterfield and really played here for he was here for what six, six years? No, I was going to say, but just the fact that Satterfield, seven years. Satterfield never brought him in any true competition to really push Malik to get better. No, you know exactly. Malik, Malik Cunningham and Josh Chichester have approximately seventeen years of, of PT at the University of Louisville under their belt. I'm convinced of it. Those guys were just here. For, it felt like they were here for a decade. Yeah. Um, so I think there was just a little bit of we've seen what his ceiling is. You, you know, and and unfortunately for Malik, he was kind of a finished product a couple seasons ago as far as what we saw in growth and development right? at the quarterback position. So there wasn't a whole lot of hype about him as, as a QB. And I think a lot of U of L fans were still a little gun-shy at the notion of just because we got an athletic quarterback doesn't mean you got to move him to wide receiver. What did they say about Lamar? Right. Right. Yeah. No. So there was a lot that there, there's a lot that goes into his legacy at U of L, but I think he will make an NFL roster. It wouldn't surprise me if he's a guy that sticks around the league for a decade. 
you know, get seven, eight good seasons in, in, in the league. I mean, Haven, what, what do you think about, I mean, do you think that Malik, you know, because we talked about the fact that I, I am, you know, the, the opinion of us and myself especially was that it didn't really seem like Malik got a lot better after his second or third year. It seemed like he kind of got stagnant because he wasn't necessarily being pushed to be, to be better. Do you think he can be a better quarterback in the pros? You know what? Possibly because, look, like, in the NFL, he's going to get better quarterback coaching. And I, I think that may be the biggest thing to his advancement is that better coaching. And now since he's playing football just full-time, it doesn't have to pretend to be a student. Because I think his senior year, I don't think he really had to take the second senior year, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> you know, I don't think he had to take, like, any, like, a lot of classes or any classes, really. Yes. Uh, you know, but still. That Matt Miner schedule. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but now you just can concentrate on nothing but football, and you have the best coaches. You know, because the thing that we've always talked about with Malik was that we both thought that he should have left a year earlier when he still had a little more hype at quarterback. He probably had a better shot then if the quarterback class wasn't as good that year, that he probably could have came in and played quarterback without having to be slash Randall L., if you will. Yeah. You know, and play like five positions on the on the field. But you know what? You got to do what you have to do to make the team. And I think with better quarterback coaching, I think he can come in. I think he will have a shot to play quarterback. I mean, really, his, his only downside as a quarterback, or his, his biggest problem, should I say, as a quarterback, is making that second and third read. Yeah. He, he's good on the first read. He's If you're on the second read, that third read ain't happening. Yeah, and I think I think for him that's 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 just coaching, right? Like yeah. that's uh, having a coach that forces you to go in there and learn the game and learn to 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 be more than just an athlete who just has an unbelievable arm, you know? Because he has good accuracy, you know. He has a lot of the the things that you want to see from a quarterback. And when fellas, I, I I'm gonna keep it real with you. Here's the list of the the, the quarterbacks on the roster for for the uh, New England yeah, Patriots. Here it is: Trace McSorley. Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones. Guess who's a Bailey guy who's Zappi's a cartoon character. That's not a real human. That's a that's a that's a Madden generated backup fullback from Fordham. You know, I mean, so like, and let's just see. It's like which one of these guys is different, and then Malik Cunningham. Like, if, if this is Mac Jones as well. This is his. This is his fourth. This will be his third third year uh, in the NFL. Okay, this is third go around. He's not been great, and he's been injured a lot since coming out of Alabama. This is going to be this is kind of a put up or shut up year for Mac Jones. So, I mean, I don't necessarily think that Trace McSorley or Bailey Zappi are two guys that I really feel like the Patriots staff and management are going to say. You know what? We really need to hold on to Bailey Zappi when we have kind of this this dual threat kid that can do a little bit of everything in Malik Cunningham. So, I mean, if Mac Jones struggles, I can absolutely see a world where Malik Cunningham is is throwing the keys for a test drive, fellas. I can see it. I'm telling you, that, that was going to be my next point, is that the best thing going in his favor and why I think he absolutely can have a career is if he humbles himself and, and to Haven's point, whatever you got to do to make the team. Yeah. Just make the damn roster. Yeah, they'll move you around if you're if you're open to that. But there is zero pressure on you to develop as a quarterback if they're thinking you're a special teams guy, if they think you're a receiver, you're the slot guy, whatever. 
your backup you slowly quarterback. start getting your reps. You slowly start getting your reps at QB. If there was any coaching staff that I had utmost faith in, they will they will look at their roster. Yes, and they'll build around what their roster dictates. It's Belichick. We've seen this time and time again. Remember when they went from being the scariest offense on earth, yes. sending Randy Moss on the fly route, and having Wes Welker dissect everybody under the middle? Well, then when Randy Moss didn't work out, what'd they do? They went and drafted Gronk and Aaron Hernandez in the same draft, and they ran a two-tight end set. Yeah. I mean, and, and you're talking about... It. In modern football, running a two-tight end set. So if, they're, if they wanted to run a two-tight end set in the year of our Lord, 2010... Yeah. They'll figure out a way to put an athlete like that on the field. And, and Joe, that's a good point because you got to think that, you know, coming off of um, Tom Brady, they've tried to do kind of the, the let's try to get the guy who's kind of similar to Tom Brady and do that type of thing, and it's not worked out for them well since Brady left. And Malik Cunningham is kind of the first divergence of that style quarterback that's kind of the stiff pocket passing, you know, guy who can kind of move around but not necessarily mobile. Like Malik Cunningham just adds a different dimension that the Patriots haven't had at their disposal, and I think that that's going to intrigue them, especially when you have a kid that comes out and ev- and just kind of electrifies the crowd and electrifies people the way he did in his first preseason game. That I feel like they're going to take a longer look at him just because he is so different from what the page uh, the Patriots have had. So I mean, it's a, just a great situation. As I agree with you totally, the fact that Malik was willing to run routes and to join uh, the Patriots as an a quote unquote athlete, you know, that can play that also can play quarterback was a smart move for him, but if you talk about a team where you have as good, great a shot to to uh, you know, to be a quarterback and to make a team and make a roster and have an opportunity, the Patriots roster screams help us. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not losing that 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 roster spot to Beetle Bailey. <laughs> no, that's not that's not going to happen. And and the other thing too, I, I've been I've been giving Belichick his sugar. Let's not pretend like he's not a stone cold killer. Yes, Belichick's smarter than I am. If I understand that the scariest thing to to defensive coordinators and NFL defenses is a quarterback with very little tape, he knows that too. So even if he doesn't think Malik's a long-term solution at the quarterback position, I wouldn't be surprised to see him playing there for a year or two until the league figures him out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I could see the Patriots doing the exact same thing that the Vikings did with Tavares Jackson. And, and, you know, he he was – Tavares Jackson, I I don't feel like anybody ever thought that Tavares Jackson was going to be a long-term quarterback with the Vikings, but it was a fun couple of years to watch a dude that was a ridiculous athlete that could also make some plays, just go out there and be exciting for the fans. You know, like that when you're kind of trying to rebuild and come back a little bit, you know, I think that that was kind of the, the bridge to, um, uh, what's the, what's the little quarterback that's there now, Haven, uh, that they got brought over. Thank you. From I can never remember cousin's name. Like, Casper Milk Toast, but yes, Kirk Cousins. You know, he was kind of the. The only reason. Yeah, the, the only reason I ever remember him is because your boy John Gruden wouldn't shut up about him the years that, that RG three and and Andrew Luck were the were the the top dogs in that class, and Gruden kept telling people, "I'm telling," because they used to do that Gruden QB room crap on ESPN. Yes, and he fell in love with Kirk Cousins. I'm I'm convinced. 
John Gruden left the, the, the broadcast booth and went back to the NFL in hopes of trading for Kirk Cousins. <laughs> he loved that boy. Kirk and, Cousins is like Heath Schuler with a better press agent. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, but how in the hell was, of all the things that Gruden's been right and wrong about, there's no way he could have predicted it either. But how in the hell did he call it that, man, I don't know. If I'm drafting a franchise guy, I'm going with that Cousins kid out of Michigan State over RG3 or Andrew Luck. And who's still in the damn I league? Know. I know. It, it, he is. like he He is just... Like Kirk Cousins, and he's the sensible salad quarterback. He is literally Satterfield as a quarterback. <laughs> that is that is Kirk Cousins. Ah! I'm telling you, man. Like he, he Kirk Cousins got a great FICO score. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yes. No. He is everything you want in your quarterback. He, he's never gonna win you a Super Bowl, but he's never gonna, you know, embarrass your friends. on a car loan for you. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, bring him in. I mean, oh, God. That's terrible. <laughs> Fellas, let's go ahead and hit up. We are already at the top of the hour. When we come back, we have so much more to get into. We're going to read your texts, so keep them coming, 502-414-1450. Uh, we're going to take your calls as well, 502-384-1450. This is Rashawn Myers, Haven Hands, and Joe Kelly, and we'll be back on Wake Up 502. Greatest beats. Broken glass everywhere. People pissing on the stage. You know they just don't care. I can't take the smell. Can't take the noise. Got no money to move out. I guess I got no choice. Rats in the front room. Yeah, I should see Haven Hansen right now. He's, he's, he's popping and locking, y'all. <laughs> Rated as the greatest rap song of all time. Grandmaster Flash in Series 5, The Message. Happy birthday, hip hop. Which one was that? I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think a cool thing about the message is that and now that hip hop's turning 50. You guys got a couple of years on me, so you hear that beat and you and you immediately hear broken glass everywhere. Oh and yeah, 
People my age hear that beat, and we hear Ice Cube. Chickity check yourself before you rape yourself. Exactly. <laughs> and people a couple years younger than me hear Puff Daddy and Mace. Oh, yeah. So, same beat. But it, it, it harbors a different memory. Off, oh, off the and, and, and the youngest, the youngest of us now think now girls is players too. You feel me? Mm. Like how many people? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Great, great point, man. Like, it, just, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you can't kill the greats. <laughs> I, I tell kids all the time. I could play at any party at any age group. Like, even my dad's age group, right, who grew up, like, in this, uh, you know, the 60s and 70s, Soul Train, not Soul Train, uh, I guess Soul Train, too, but, yeah, you know, begin, you know, listen to, like, uh, uh, Motown and, and all that sound. You could play Dougie Fresh's show or this beat, and uh, everybody's jamming. Everybody's jamming. It doesn't matter what, like you said, what age group, it doesn't matter. And I tell you what, fellas, we got somebody on the line that uh, was... Uh, recognized for, for uh, you know, his accomplishments in local hip-hop, a man who uh, got to go down there to Frankfurt and, and enjoy this 50th anniversary of hip-hop. We got Jay Haz on the line. Jay, how you doing this morning? Party everywhere. All those guys have fellas. <laughs> What's going on, I was, man? I was in here break dance, yeah. <laughs> Hey, it's a classic, man. Everybody jams to that. You know what I'm saying? Every man, I got literally. strawberry, I got strawberry burns, grapes burns all over my legs, man. <laughs> wow! Hey, first of all, Jay, congratulations, man, on the proclamation yesterday. Uh, I know you were down there in Frankfurt, um, you know, for, for for all of the the festivities with some of the uh, the, the local greats in in terms of, of hip hop history um, and your accomplishments and your just your, your overall accomplishments to the city of Louisville um, and the state of Kentucky. So, man. First of all, just congratulations on that, man. How was it yesterday? Well, thank you, uh, uh, Rashad and Haven and uh, Joe. Man, I appreciate it, man. You know, I, I had a, I had a ball, man. Uh, it was hot, but I had a ball. <laughs> but I, you know, but I but I will say this though, I, I'm, I'm truly blessed and truly grateful that people took time out of their busy day, their busy whatever time they they have in their life that they choose to uh, as me as one of the people for the 50th year happy uh birthday for rap and plus the proclamation award from the uh senator yes. i'm uh, appreciative and thankful for that Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. It was it was a uh, it was a big a big day yesterday. So uh, you know a lot, a lot going on uh, and a lot of luminaries and dignitaries down there uh, in Frankfurt. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I, I know it was. I a, got two rings now. I got two rings now. Look at two rings now. Look at two two proclamations. Yeah, anytime you get that that gold seal from the Commonwealth of Kentucky, that's big stuff. You know what I'm saying? To put on the wall. So yeah, you got a couple of them now. So you know, I, I gotta yeah, catch up. I, I gotta catch up. LeBron James, I got two. I got two now. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, so uh, so I, what you got for us? What what, what we talking about? We talking about Cardinal football? What what what's, what what thoughts do you have for us this morning, Jay? Man, I'm waiting on that that football to click in a couple of weeks. I think Uovell will have a terrific season uh, in front of uh, Mr. Jeff Brown, Mr. Leader. I think this is going. You're gonna see some playmakers. Some playmaking. You're gonna see some switch out situations that uh, we didn't see against Purdue. Uh, but I think he's uh, he's valley home and and he's excited to uh, turn this program around. Uh, people are talking about you know it's a little football all over the country, all on national sports as well too. And I, I got little going to having a BCS bowl. Mm. 
Uh, I said that earlier, I'm saying it now, that I believe in Jeff Brown, I believe in the organization, uh, the coaching staff, and I believe in these young men who will do the job for this man. Okay, okay, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, hey, I think that um, there is a, a very big-time opportunity ahead of Louisville, Jay, and I think that they have a chance for a very special season and be able to bring Jeff Brown back and to be able to do that. It's just so funny how, how the circle completes because, of course, we're going to be making our way back up to Indianapolis um, to watch Louisville football. And the last time we went to Indianapolis to see Louisville football, it was Jeff Brown's first game at Purdue, and we were going to see Louisville face off against Purdue. And just to kind of see. Yes, absolutely. And Lamar did his thing. Unfortunately, Jair Alexander got hurt in that game. But, you know, just to to come full circle, and now we're going back to Naptown, and this time Jeff Brown is on our side. And he's he's wearing them Cardinal colors, man. So, I mean, the the excitement's everywhere, ain't it? I mean, everybody you talk to seems to be surprised. I know you know a lot of the boosters. Are Are they excited? Man, they Brian and them can't wait to uh, sit out there, <laughs> tailgate and, and drink them a cold one and everything else. You know, hey, Haven Harrington, we have been threatened. That. I'm telling you this right now, Haven Harrington, Joe, we have been threatened if we do not hit the tailgate that they're gonna come looking for oh. us. <laughs> oh, exactly. Oh, that's a great segue you, you made, Rashawn and Jay. Yes, because uh, I'm happy to announce a partnership we have with Wake Up 502 Main Event Sports and our friends down at the Grand Valin, who will be providing uh. Party favors for our tailgate this year. Oh, boy. We'll have some food down there. Going to have chicken wings. Going to have cups that we'll be uh, filling with uh, certain beverages. Mm. And after every cards win, if you come you come holler at me afterwards, because I will be hopping on, I will be skedaddling on down there to 10 bar after cards wins. You bring that cup in there, your first beer's a dollar on me. Wow. Listen to that. So, look, look have, breaking news. Don't, don't sit in traffic. Come back to the Granville. We're all alumni, baby. I love it. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of celebrating at the Granville this year. I feel like it's going to be a lot of wins this year, fellas. You know know what? I'm going to let you go. You guys go. But I I truly, truly, this city has really uh, got some more love involved since Jeff Brown is doing what he's going to do, what he's doing. And I can't say for the basketball program. We have to just wait and see that. But, um, but man, I, I'm telling you, man, I can't wait. I'm having hands in the NFL just around the corner as well, too. Lamar played tonight uh, on preseason tonight. I met, he might play. We don't know. But I doubt for sure that he will play tonight. But uh, I'm excited about this football season. Man. I, I, I'm, I'm just cannot wait. I'm going uh, to eat real good and drink real good and, you know, and cheer and do everything else. Hey, with Arrington, I, I know there's a lot going on. I, I, I want to switch this real, the gears real quick and, and Joe real quick and tell Hayden this, that. Hayden, what, what is your scenario about this? Uh, I know this is not getting to contain of a sport, but it's, it's a truly thing that's hitting big here in Louisville, Kentucky, across the country as well, too. And Rashawn, about the school system, man, you got a son that's in school here in Louisville and uh, Holy Cross. There's a major break thing that's going down, Haven. Can you just give me a seminar of what's going on, Haven? Oh, you're talking about with the kids not being dropped off to 10 o'clock at night? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, God, yes, sir. You know, from from I kind of gather, one, there's a, a shortage of school bus drivers. Um, 
Uh-huh. Which doesn't surprise anybody because, you know, school bus drivers have to put up with a whole lot. And they don't make a whole lot. And but but I put up a lot of a lot of bad kids. So I, I get that. But I from what I've been told, a lot of this has to do with a uh JCPS hired like a software company to uh to kind of make their routes more efficient. And they just like dropped the ball completely. But this isn't the only school system that they've dropped the ball in. I heard they, they had issues in Columbus and another city as well. Wow. They tried the same company to make their routes more efficient and it was just it was just horrible. Yeah, it was some company out of Detroit, wasn't it? Yeah, like yeah. I'm like, who goes to Detroit to get planning on anything? They can't even have clean water. <laughs> What are we doing? Like, if if you're not not buying a a vehicle from Detroit, that's about the only thing that I'm buying out of Detroit is 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 a nice solid Ford. But other than that, come on, man, we we don't want to get planning tips from 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 Detroit. That's all I'm saying. You know, let's let let let's get it together. They can't even drink the water. Rashawn, how's your son? Rashawn, how's your son doing? I, I'm hearing great news about your son. Oh man, yeah, Cameron's doing well. Uh, you know, the very very uh, excited. You know, I, I've been gone the last couple of weeks, so we haven't had the show because uh, he's been going through the the camps. He had a couple of college coach camp tours. Um, he did very well um, at his first camp here in Louisville. Uh, got came back with a four and a half star rating uh, from those folks. He went up to uh, the Uni- University of Indianapolis. Uh, they held a second camp up there. There was probably 150 kids there. Um, he was a standout there. A lot of the coaches talked to him um, after the event and said they're going to be watching him, keeping in touch. Um, he did really, really well up there. Um, so it's been good. It's been good. You know, Holy Cross is getting back to it. They uh, went back to school yesterday for orientation, and things get going. But um, needless to say, um, they are very, very excited about what Holy Cross basketball is going to be able to do this year, Jay. So uh, the coaches. Are, are, are showing a lot of interest. They've reached out, so you know it's exciting times, man. You know, wait, waiting on that that first scholarship offer. So I have a feeling it's going to be coming soon, man. So uh, things went well. Boy, you a happy dad, ain't you, man? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, the, the the whole thing, man, is you want to see your kids succeed. And my baby girl's doing an excellent job. She is uh, teaching and molding the minds of tomorrow down there in Lexington. And my baby boy is a senior uh, in, in high school, and uh, he'll be graduating from there this year and have an opportunity um, to go to college and do some big things. So, so super excited for both the kiddos. Yeah, and I was daughter playing soccer. Yeah, all that's good stuff, man. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Well, Haven, Joe, and, and, and Rashawn, man, I appreciate you guys. And I love you, brothers, man. Keep keep up the good work on 96.1. That's what, that's what it's all about. And, uh, man, we'll do it again next Saturday. Lawrence Water Creek doesn't rise. <laughs> well, that's how you know you're from the country. <laughs> I appreciate it, Jay. Yeah, Thank you, man, for the call. <laughs> there we go. Jay has checking in this morning, fellas. Uh, and, and yeah, yeah, it's, it, it was, it, hey, it was congrats, good stuff. Congrats to Cam. Hey. Congrats to Cam. Seriously, man. Uh, I know it, it's been fun the last couple of years uh, watching that young man grow, literally. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, he's he not short. He, he, hey, uh, Joe, he, he's trying to push for 6'7 now. It's crazy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's been about a year since I've seen Yeah, him. yeah, it's so crazy. So. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and... and, and Good on you for being a good dad. That's, you know, we're just waiting for that first uh, that first scholarship offer because I was I was sitting there thinking, 
Yep, we're just waiting for that first NIL offer. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you got to get that first. Yeah, right. First things first. Yes, hey, hey, you know, like like I told him, you know, my son, he's young in the game, Joe. So he's only been playing ball for about five years now. So, you know, he's very, very young in the game, a lot to learn. But he's got a lot of of tools, and the coaches are excited about it. Uh, Cam's excited about it, you know. But like I told him, I was like, it's all about that education, brother. If you ain't doing it in the classroom, you know, you got it. Student athlete, student comes first. So, you know, that's that's what it's all about. And if you're lucky enough to be able to play this game and get it and, and you know, go to school for free, that's the dream. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're super excited about it. So, man, I appreciate that. But I tell you what, fellas, let's go ahead. We, we have ignored the text line long enough. And I know our Texas is going to get upset. So before we got about eh, about six, seven minutes before we head to our last break of the day, 502-414-1450, that is the Thornton's text line. Of course, continue to send those texts in. But we do have some texts we want to go ahead and read off. Uh, it says, <laughs> uh, texter says, uh, good morning, wake up 502, main event. The culture says, we, he says, well, I have a lot of things to talk about, but I'll keep it simple. He said, first thing, listening to Brom gets me excited. I can't wait for September 1st. I think we can all agree on that one. Uh, we will be down there, by the way, um, in Atlanta. Uh, I, I don't know. I think we're trying to work out having a show down there. So, uh, you know, keep, keep it locked to, to find out uh, more information on that. We may do something. We might just podcast it out. Um, but make sure you continue to follow um, at that boy's good at Rashan, that's R-A-A-S-H-A-A-N, as well as at M-E Sports uh, for updates on all that. You can also go to wakeup502.com to check things out. Uh, but yes, uh, super, super excited to get down there to the ATL to watch Louisville, Georgia Tech. I'll agree with that. He says, KP is still mute. <laughs> well, you know, I, I've said I wouldn't get into basketball today, but... And we're not. <laughs> we're not. KP is doing his job. KP had his press conference uh, about a week ago. And it was glorious. And it was something. It was glorious. It was all <laughs> things glorious. Leave Kenny Payne Sounded like a coach that was already trying to manage expectations for winning games hey, hey, in year leave. two. Kenny Payne, look, Kenny is doing what he's doing. Okay, jo- he, was, he was given a bad hand. Joe Kelly, I was not very excited about the words that okay, Kenny look, Payne had. Okay, look, he was given a bad hand. <laughs> he flipped the roster like he said he's gonna flip the roster. But also, but then again, said he can't measure by wins and losses how good the team is. Because it's not about wins and losses. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's about building it the right way, building guys with character, <laughs> playing with guys who want to be here and who want to learn the game. Okay, Joe Kelly, what you think about that? Uh man. <laughs> so here's what I'm gonna say about all of it, because I there's nothing. There's no criticism that's original. There's not. There, it really is a wait and see approach. Yeah, there's not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna drag a dead horse. <laughs> but after covering the basketball tournament, I was fortunate enough to get to sit next to uh, Nolan Smith and yes. his family, and Milt, Kenny, and Danny. And I got to be a fly on the wall and hear just really cool basketball conversations with old basketball heads. Yes, Danny Manning. And and Milk had forgotten more than I'll ever know about basketball. And it was really cool listening to them talk about Freedom Hall and hearing Milk talk about how they used to like his his favorite spots on the floor. Yes. That was really cool. And that gave me just like a little window into what the old U of L heads talk about bringing the old guys back. And what I'll say for Nolan Smith, I don't think there was a bigger fan in the building that night. 
he almost knocked me over jumping up to celebrate one of uh, Shane Bahannon's ducks. He and the referee were just <laughs> on every timeout going back and forth laughing about how much fun it was because they were letting the guys play hard. He was as into it as anybody sitting in the upper or lower bowl. So what I mean by that is I have absolutely no doubt that these guys want to win. I have no doubt that they want to be successful and for all the right reasons aside from personal gain. I do believe they love and cherish this university as much as any fan or alumni does. Please, God, go win games. <laughs> Very well said, Joe Kelly. Very well said. I, 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 I will... I will leave it at that, and as long as you didn't tell them you knew me, you probably was all right. Because no <laughs> one kind of looked at me, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," you know, for much whatever. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, just the, you know, we got. He goes, he said, "Man, well, you know, we got some, we got some people to like the jock in the fan base. It's all good." <laughs> yeah, man. My advice is somebody who, uh, who who hopped on radio from being an idiot on Twitter. Just stay off Twitter, man. You got stuff to lose, <laughs> right? Good, excellent advice, excellent advice, and, and hope, hopefully it, it gets better. I just it was it was definitely not the um, exciting. I was hoping for a little bit of energy and excitement out of the press conference, especially coming off having such an amazing recruiting class that you put together, a top five recruiting class. Um, you know, got got some impact transfers. Uh, you know, the the t- a complete and total makeover. Found money in Trenton Flowers, reclassifying from twenty twenty four to twenty twenty three. I would have just thought there would have been a little bit more excitement pumped into. I don't think you're ever going to get excitement out, out of Kenny. You know, I don't think that's him. Yeah, I just I just don't think that's his his demeanor. I think I think the excitement will come in post in uh, press conferences after wins, and by excitement I mean he might grin. That was Kenny excited. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, just leave him alone and just be thankful that college realignment, all this conference realignment, isn't about college basketball. Oh, uh, we're gonna get into that and after the break too. So just just be thankful for that and let Kenny do what Kenny does. He has a plan. Let him work his plan. It's a three to four year plan. And you can see the fruits uh, of it already with that recruiting class. Haven, give them time. Haven, don't make don't make me don't just okay. I'm gonna go on to the next text to comment. I'm trying. You he Haven knows how to push my buttons, boy. I tell you, woo. Okay, uh, Texter says uh, he says I think Rick Pitino made a mistake taking Edgar Sosa over Jeff Teague. <laughs> well, considering Jeff Teague was like a 12 year NBA veteran. Edgar Sosa, you know, was playing overseas. I mean, hindsight being twenty twenty, but I understand Rick. Rick is a he's from New York. You know, Edgar Sosa was the the, the top the number one point guard out of the state of New York. Uh, one of the top five point guards in the nation. Jeff Teague was not rated as highly as Edgar Sosa, um, but I do think that you know one of the biggest um, issues I had with that era of Louisville basketball is I felt like. Um, you know, Sosa and, and Smith, Jerry Smith, I felt like Louisville passed on a lot of good players to kind of like basically only have those two guys as their primary guards um, f- during that era. I remember Damian James, one of the best point guards in Conference USA, that ended up at Marquette that wanted – he ki- would have killed to play for Rick Pitino at Louisville. But Louisville just did not recruit any other guys, and especially considering Edgar Sosa had no interest in playing point guard. To hear that they passed up on both Jeff Teague and Damian James – 
Um, makes me a little sad inside. In Edgar Sosa's defense, he's not a point guard. Yeah, well, that's my whole point. Is He's a two-guard. He literally had no interest in playing point guard, so you could have had Edgar Sosa there and still had James or, or Teague there. Rick was bound and determined oh. to make him a point guard. <laughs> Man, I remember – Go ahead. No, I was, I was done. He was just bound to make a point guard, just like he did Donald Mitchell, right? Everybody knew Donald Mitchell should yeah. run point, except for Rick. He was, he was the only person who refused to let him run point. Oh. I, I remember watching, uh, first of all, one of my favorite stats about Edgar Sosa is Kimball Walker rode the bench behind him in high school. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. That's, that's a stat line right <laughs> there. So when you talk about how hyped he was coming out of high school. Yeah. That's how good Sosa's game was. Sosa was a gamer. Absolutely. But I, I will never forget watching that loss to Texas A&M his freshman year. I was watching that game with my dad, and Edgar was just shocking. Yeah. He had the green light from tip-off. And we lost that game, and I said, man, Sosa, Sosa got his buckets, but that was not a good game. I possibly just said, yeah. Welcome to your first realization that it's going to be a long number three <laughs> years with a particular player. The worst thing to ever happen. Every young sports fan. Yeah. Yeah. The worst thing to ever happen to, to Louisville was Sosa going off for 30 in that game. <laughs> but, but, but it also got Billy Gillespie the Kentucky job. So, fair. you know, lemonade. <laughs> Fair. Oh, Texas also says he says T. Will is going to be on the new season of Oz. <laughs> that's oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. We're at a I should. I, I should not. I should not laugh at that. <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh, T. Will. Just goodness gracious. Just what? A what did he get? What did he just? What did he get pinched up for? Wasn't it? Some sort of fraud. Yes, it was like I think it was um it was an insurance fraud, (laughs) like the defrauding insurance companies uh, that ran a a scheme uh, for NBA. Was he part of the dental? Was he part of the dental plan where they got hemmed up because one of the dentists messed up the paperwork? It was uh, did the insurance claim that said he was doing the second root canal on the same tooth on the same person. It was something weird. Like it was it it was something like some kind of. The, the defrauding NBA players or, or bringing NBA players on like fake insurance or something. It was some weird, you know, uh, yeah, crackpot idea. Part of that group. Yeah, they were yeah. ripping off the uh, NBA NBA Players Association. There, it was it was dental insurance. Right? Oh gosh, T. I mean, just come <laughs> on, bro. I love some of Rich recruits, man. Who who knew you could get a job doing uh, co-hosting a radio show with your buddies, and you talk about dental insurance fraud. He was the first man in G League history, the only man in G League history to average a triple double for a season. <laughs> he did it before Westbrook. That that, that is T. Will's claim to fame, you know. And and he and he he parlayed that into a contract with the Boston Celtics, and then promptly brought a gun to go meet his baby's mom and his kids, and that was the end of T. Will. And since then, it it was just a a just a. <laughs> downfall and a, a, just a bad decision after bad decision. I hated to see it, but, you know. It happened. Sometimes uh, wasn't it, the son a highly, highly rated uh, cute, uh, uh, football prospect a couple years ago? Yes, 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 he was. He was supposed to come to UofL, um, but he, uh, I believe he was a great uh, a casualty because of his grades. Uh, I think it was J. Ray Williams, I think is his name. 
Um, but he, he was supposed to come out of, out of Washington. His son was a very, very accomplished football player. Um, I don't know where he ended up at, but that's, that's going to be a good, you know, where are they now? Because, yeah, he was supposed to be a, a part of Louisville's, I believe, 2021 recruiting class. Um, but didn't, can you imagine, didn't uh, make it. The, can you imagine, like, I feel like the, the Rick Pitino era at Louisville would have ended so much quicker if Lorenzo Wade did not transfer out and he had to deal simultaneously with, with Wade and T-Will. Oh, gosh. <laughs> do you remember? I remember we signed T-Will. Rick said if he had a jump shot, he'd go straight to the NBA, but he has no jumper. He's just an athletic specimen, and he looks, he looks like a grown man. Yeah. So we'll, my buddy says, let's go check it, check out uh, you know his rivals and blah, blah, blah. Let's check out his MySpace link. I'll be damned if the man's not standing there shirtless throwing up the blood gang sign. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, T-Will was a, from the jump, you know, uh, he used to walk around with a, uh, a Barbie backpack on to school as a freshman uh, at the UofL. Like, he just, he was always just a, just a different dude, <laughs> you know? He just, I think it was either Barbie or My Little Pony, one of the two. Uh, but he just, he was, was just. My Little Pony, I think. Yeah, yeah. It, I knew it was one, one of those, uh, the, the kids shows, but it did. It, it, <laughs> T-Will was just, I mean, you hate to see it end like that, but he just, to say that with some of the antics and stuff that he pulled, that I'm not surprised necessarily that it happened. Unfortunately, I'm not that surprised. And it's just so funny to see his compatriot, uh, Earl Clark, and see him uh, dominating in the TBT. You know, his team won the championship last year. I saw him getting interviewed uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, that as his team is, I think, one of the, the better teams in the uh, Big Three again. I said TBT. Uh, the Big Three again. And just just thinking about that era was Edgar Sosa and T-Will and yeah, E5. It just, oh, some character. So, oh, gosh. I mean, these dudes, some of these guys that came through University of Louisville, man. Rick was, Rick was, <laughs> it was never a dull moment when Rick Patino was the coach. And that's why I am just so jealous of St. John's. <laughs> and what is going to happen there? Because uh, uh, Rick is definitely back in his his most rarest of forms. Uh, la- last text I see on here before we head to break. Uh, Texas says, "I don't know what's worse, conference realignment or JCPS bus realignment." <laughs> uh, hey, you know, I think it's JCPS for the win. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It, it, it may not yeah. be good for the sport of football, but, hey, it's at least good for those programs uh, that, that are making the moves. <laughs> but I don't know if this bus realignment's been good for anybody. You know, when, when people's kids ain't getting home till 10 o'clock at night, that's just. Yeah, Jason Pierce with the steel chair. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh on that note <laughs> Grandmaster take us to break please hey you're listening to Wake Up 502 Rajon Myers, Haven Harris, and Joe Kelly and we'll be right back on Wake Up 502 that makes me W the Big X Have you ever seen a show when fellas on the mic with 
This right here. That's a good call, Haven Hansen. Haven Hansen had to had to run out, but I had to play this for him. Little Dougie Fresh and Slick Rick, the show. Uh, just an <laughs> absolute classic. This is Rashawn Myers. We are back here. Wake up 502, uh, WXVW, the Big X. And we are talking all things sports. Uh, we've been breaking down uh, just a little bit of everything. But I tell you what, Joe Kelly, um, you know, we got we got about, about 15 minutes left before we're out of here on a, an amazing, rainy, ugly <laughs> Saturday morning. Man. Dude, I am getting so angry at this weather, Sean. <laughs> I, it has not rained but two damn days this entire summer. One of them was when I had to had to move a couch. Today we're trying to have a block party in the neighborhood. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and, and we got 12, we got 12 bands, food trucks, beer tents, uh, loose city and racing coming out to do soccer drills with the kids. Wow. We got a whole two day party going. And now, now mother nature wants to try to try to throw a monkey wrench in the whole thing. I, man, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the the beauty that is the OG Studios here at uh, WXVW in uh, Southern Indiana. Uh, there's no windows in here, but I can li- I can just hear the thunder. <laughs> I can hear the thunder outside, so I'm like, oh, I know it's let it's letting loose out there. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's yeah, man. I I was gonna do this last segment on the ride into work. I just pulled over because I was like, I'm not gonna drive and try to talk. And this foolishness. Yeah, <laughs> good call. Yeah, Joe, Joe Kelly, we need you to be safe now. We can't have you, you know, run over any old ladies trying to cross the street or, you know, anything else. We're trying to talk no, about I'm it on the radio. I'm going to get stuck at the creek that is the uh, can opener down by campus. <laughs> you right? Oh, gosh. You know? Yeah, put, put, please don't. Yeah, that that is the one thing, man. You get to get to some of those uh, underpasses. That like, there's an underpass here, um, in, in Southern Indiana, right here off of um, uh, Eastern Boulevard, mm-hmm. and with, like that, that just becomes a, a complete lake. <laughs> like every time, every time it rains. So I'm sure I'm gonna have to take the detour home. It's fine. It's all good. But I tell you what, man, we we, we got a few minutes left, Joe, and I just wanted to kind of get in. I always think it's interesting. And I always talk about the Crunch Zone and what an amazing job they do putting together kind of the um, the the ad, the gains and losses for guys on the uh, the um, roster from one year to to the other. And it's always interesting to see what guys put on weight, what guys lost weight. You know, guys that have grown or guys who have shrunk. Like <laughs> in some some sometimes it's kind of odd just to see how there are differences in the rosters for the football team from year to year. And I tell you what, man, like. You could tell that there's a big difference in the in the emphasis that Scott Satterfield put on guys and what Scott Satterfield like and what Jeff Brom's bringing in terms of um, that Big Ten mentality. 
you know, and, and I thought it was just kind of interesting to see. Like we talked about, you know, the the size of some of the offensive linemen that that um, Jeff Brown brought in. Uh, you know, when you talk about you know bringing over Eric Miller, um, who is you know the, the mountain of a man and. and 300 plus bills whereas you know Scott Satterfield liked the smaller agile athletic guys he didn't mind his team looking like a mid-major team you know Uh in in terms of size and athleticism but you can kind of see that kind of that Big Ten imprint on what Jeff's brought uh, to Louisville um, because of the size and two of the guys that I thought was very interesting uh, in terms of their gains two of the defensive linemen now of course um, you know Scott did not mind having your 220-pound, 225-230-pound defensive end. He likes small, quick, mid-major type guys just because, you know, those are the guys that he was successful with at um, at App. You know, but two guys, Popeye Williams being the first. Popeye was, of course, Louisville's highest-rated defensive prospect last year. Um, he played as a true freshman at Louisville. Popeye Williams has put on 20 pounds from last year, Joe. Last year he played really? at, at six foot three, 230 pounds. He comes in this year, put on 20 pounds. Now he sits at 6'3", 250 pounds playing defensive line. Like, that's a humongous weight gain, uh, you know, for, for, for that young man. But I, like I said, I think it's the emphasis on getting bigger and stronger and trying to kind of get away from that mid-major – you know, that, that, that mid-major type mentality, um, you know, and, and I, I think that's going to be huge for him. I thought that was a very interesting one. Sailor Brown was another guy. Um, he came in last year as a six-foot, as a interior lineman. He was 6'2", 250 pounds. He added 35 pounds this year. Sailor Brown this year, out of mail, the product out of mail, 6'2", 285 pounds on the D-line. So another guy that put on a thirty, you know, thirty plus pounds, uh, you know, to kind of be that bigger, stronger guy on the line, um, you know, I, I thought that was an interesting one. Uh, there was another guy, uh, Victuan Brown. He's another guy that put on about twenty pounds. He was a an elite a recruit for Satterfield in the twenty twenty class. He really hasn't popped since he's been at Louisville. He played at about two hundred and thirty five pounds on the defensive line. He put on fifteen pounds. Now he's up to two hundred fifty pounds as well, known as a pass rusher. So you know you can kind of see the impact of what Jeff Brown's doing of wanting to have bigger, stronger, more physical guys, guys that can kind of stand up to the pounding. Um, and, and I think it's going to pay dividends. Like, do you think, like, it, it, like, what do you think about that? Are you okay with, with the weight gain, or did you did you like the, the kind of quicker guys? Because, you know, to be fair, Brian Brown's defense did take a big step up last year. But, but do you like these guys kind of putting on that weight to kind of stand up to the pounding a little more? Absolutely. You're just reminding me of all the little things about Satterfield that upset me. <laughs> um, because playing that small ball BS, that tells me your expectations are low. Yeah. You don't believe you can ever compete with Clemson. You don't believe you can compete with Florida State. You don't think that you can ever make a college football playoff. Or if you do, you're going to get embarrassed. Because what do you think is going to happen when you take your mid-major roster, 225-pound edge rushers, and go go try to rush on 310-pound Ohio State tackles? Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? They're going to get sunned all day is what's going to happen. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a mentality. 
that's that's what I keep going back to with Jeff. And I think it, I believe it's what has a lot of fans, I'm not going to say all of them, but a lot of fans excited. It's that for the first time since Bobby won, well, since Charlie, sorry, sorry, since yes. Charlie, that we felt like we got a football guy on our sidelines. Yes. And what I mean by a football guy is he will kick your ass. He will fight you at the 50-yard line. We got to see a, a glimmer of that in Bobby 2.0 in the Kentucky game, you know, when he put hands on the, on the assistant coach. But that's what—that's the kind of stuff. Let's not—let's not, let, let's not act, act any differently. That's what a fan base wants to see from their coach. You want to see this is a guy who thinks he, who knows he's tougher than the guy across the field, and he knows and he's confident that his team is tougher than that guy's team. So there isn't anything left to do but play football. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, and I, I think that, you know, in basketball, I you know, I, I was not necessarily the biggest fan of the way um, Chris Mack, you know, kind of wanted to just kind of bulk up all his guys because in basketball it just doesn't really – play the same in football having guys that are bigger and stronger and maintaining their athleticism i feel like that's benefits a, a football team and a football player that's much more game. than a basketball player you know that's, uh, the, that's the game a, a young man that I mean, flashed that's... last year joe raheem craig he played last year at yeah. six foot three 220 pounds he put on 15 pounds he's 235 now which is still small but that just kind of oh. tells you the difference in philosophy you know, that he wants his guys that are playing at or near the line to be bigger. We talked about Louisville needing linebackers. Antonio Watts went from a 185-pound uh, safety, kind of combo safety linebacker. He's put on 40 pounds this year, Joe. He now checks yep. in at 6'2", 225 pounds. That's a linebacker that can come in and have some pop, right? Like, that's, Absolutely. That's you what you need. You want a football coach. You want a football coach whose mentality around the around the cafeteria and the mess hall is everybody grab seconds. <laughs> yes, yes. Don't worry, don't worry about gaining fat. We'll burn that off of you. But you need you need protein. Absolutely, you need carb load. Absolutely, but yeah. I tell you what, to his credit, the guys that needed to lose, we remember Tafik Thomas when he came to Louisville. Tafik Thomas weighed almost three hundred and eighty pounds. And he had already lost um, a good bit of weight. He had gotten down to 325 last year. Well, I tell you what, guess what Tufik Thomas is this year, Joe? 6'4", 300 pounds. He lost another 25 pounds. He's now, now that, that's your prototype interior lineman right there. 6'4", 300 pounds. You know? He's a monster. Now he can move. Yes. Yes, I mean, he, he was one that absolutely needed to lose that weight. Another guy who needed to lose the weight, uh, uh, Jermaine Lole, the transfer from Arizona State, had to sit out all of last year, a guy who was getting NBA draft uh, considerations. Um, he lost 15 pounds. He's down to 310 pounds. Jermaine Lole, when he got to Louisville, because of he was coming off surgery, he was out of shape, he was probably a good 365 pounds. He's now down mm -hmm. to 310 you know, and with that, that, that added weight loss, now, like you said, A, he can move, and B, you would hope that's going to help him stay healthy. You know, he's going to... And his conditioning is going to be better, the whole package. Yes. And, you know, that's why a strength and conditioning team is, and staff is so important because it is, it is a fine line on, on these young men's weight. Yes. You're talking about freakish-sized human beings. Even the ones you think are small on TV, yes. they look huge in Walmart. Yes. Um... So figuring out how does this Rashawn you carry six four the way uh, differently than I would carry six four? <laughs> yes, 
Yes. What weight? What weight do we need to figure out for Joe? Which weight do we give? Do, do we need to figure out for Rashawn? Absolutely. And it can be a pendulum swing of of, of a mere five to ten pounds, but it makes all the difference in the cardio, in the in the wear and tear on your body. Yeah. It, no. It truly is a science. It is. And uh, I hope I hope Brown staff is uh, has cracked the code on it. I mean, it, to me, I, I loved it. I loved it. all the guys that I felt like. Jared Dawson, he's a guy who came in with a lot of hype. He had once again had some flashes, but they want Dawson to be able to play on that interior line and kind of be that swing guy between the defensive end and, and defensive tackle. He put on thirty pounds. He went from uh, three hundred and uh, excuse me, he went from two hundred and about uh, two hundred and seventy seventy five pounds. He's up to three hundred five now. And he's an inch taller. He went from 6'1 to 6'2. Um, so Jared Dawson is a guy that I expect is going to be a big-time player. I mean, so, you know, when you talk about Ashton Gelati and his, you know, the, him kind of moving up and being kind of the go-to after uh, losing Yasir and uh, Yaya, you know, he's one of those guys uh, next to uh, Ashton Gelati I think is going to be a big-time, big-time player. Uh, you know, Mason Ryger is a guy who I thought did really well. He didn't really make a big game. He actually lost four pounds. But he's already 6'4", 250. I like that on the defensive end. R.J. Sorensen, another young man who had some, some considerations to be a very, very good player, put on another 10 pounds. So, I like, I like the sizes. Like, now I feel like my football team looks like a power five football team if that makes sense you know no absolutely absolutely and and like i said it, it speaks to the mentality are, are you still coaching and whatever uh app states in yeah you know or or are you coaching in the acc and are you coaching to to beat big 10 big 12 sec schools in a bowl game yes yes i like because it. you've perennially been getting bullied by kentucky what do you think if you ever if you ever Get your foot in that door. What do you think in Alabama, a Tennessee? Well, we saw what Ole Miss did, did to Louisville, Louisville, right? We saw what Ole Miss did to Louisville. Right. right. You just get punked every year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's something to this Louisville team, and I'm going to tell Cardinal fans if you did not get a, have not been able to get out um, to any of the, the open practices, you're going to see a much bigger more physically imposing Louisville football team than you've seen on the field in probably the last five or six years. Like, it, 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 the, the size of these individuals, the, the, you know, the physical um, kind of just the, the, their whole profile is going to be completely different. And, and I'm excited for it, man. Like, that's, that's one of those things that um, until we see kind of this weight change chart that comes out every year from the uh, crunch zone, uh, and, uh, you know, like I said, that they do a, such a great job with it, it that just kind of once again ratcheted up my excitement a little bit more, Joe. You know, like, it's just, it's just like – just one more thing I needed to be excited about, and now, damn it, they pulled me back in again. <laughs> it's like, hey, man, and 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 the fun thing will be enjoy watching this now because if the staff stays in place and this works, what you're going to see is there'll be a huge jump between year one and year two. Yes, and then maybe during year two to year three, you got a late bloomer or two on the on the team. Yes, but this this stuff doesn't happen with with juniors and seniors anymore. You get here, we figure out, we determine what your weight's going to be, and we get you there, and then we go from there. Yes, 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's just the the whole mentality, the the whole the physicality, the aggressiveness. Je- you know, Jeff Baum is a super super uber aggressive coach. You know, that was one of the things about Satterfield. Satterfield always seemed like he was kind of a bend don't break guy. You know, oh, absolutely. And, and and Jeff Baum is like punch him in the face and ask questions later. You know, like the torpedoes. Yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that was his whole mentality of how he did things. So, like, how that impact is going to be impressed upon this team, I cannot say I'm not excited. As excited as I am now, hell, by the time we start doing the preseason pre- uh, predictions for the year, I'm going to be talking about Lowe's going undefeated. Joe, I can. <laughs> I know, I know. Hey, I, I tell you what, man. That's, that's going to be the volley to every, you know, I know there's going to be, but. Uh, yeah, but, you, you know. Yes, that, that, that's going to be the new, did you know, uh, Max wife was from Louisville. It's going to be, you know, they were in favor in every game. Yeah. I'm just happy to be excited in the preseason again. I, go win games, coaches. Absolutely. Please go win games. Hey, and I tell you, base is, is starving. Hey, what I was excited about is the fact that I got both of my boys, Haven Arrington and Joe Kelly, on this morning, man. I, it has been so good uh, to to be back together and have the fully formed Voltron back together. Joe, man, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Be careful getting into work. Y'all go check out Joe down at Granville Block Party going on. Hey, well, once again, let, let everybody know what's what's going on to get down there, Joe. Come on down to Wilder Park today and tomorrow. It'll be going festivities will be going on from twelve to eight. They've got beer tents, food trucks, Lou City, Lou Racing. They've donated uh, a couple hundred soccer balls to the neighborhood kids. Bring your kid out, get a soccer ball. They might get to participate in some drills with some pro soccer players. There we go. Uh, we have another guy coming out. He's going to do a three D printing demonstration as well as a drone flight, and your kids can sign up to take classes on three D printing for him. We're just trying to come up with uh, raise some money for the community center over here. South Nice. Street, nice. Uh, Wilder Park, 12 to 8. 12 bands playing over the next two days. So, food, music, entertainment, stuff for the kids. What more do you want, Louisville? Hey, th- hey that's why hey, it seems like you've done this before. Joe, I appreciate it, brother, man. You have a good weekend, all right? All right, buddy. There we are. Hey, this is uh, for for Rashawn, uh, for myself, Rashawn Myson, Haven Harrington. This is Wake Up Five Hundred Two. This is the Big X WXVW. You know what? Have a wonderful weekend, Louisville, and we'll be back next week. And we out. Happy birthday, hip hop.